today on The Breakdown. It's not that often when you're in even a 5100 game, or in this case, a, a 100-200 game, that people have so much money on the table in a cash game. But in this cash game, it's the million-dollar cash game from Live at the Bike, our effective stack is going to be $100,000. That's real money, people, $100,000. And Garrett Edelstein, he's, of course, a favorite from here, and as well, of course, an LATB favorite, and Nick are going to get into a hand. It's going to be late position. It's going to be a lot of action. And I don't even know. Let me just say that right now. I'm not even sure. So we're going to talk about it right now on The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. I would like a dedicated listener to pour through the archives of Poker Guys podcast, listen to all the openings, and find how many times Jonathan says, I don't even know. Because you know what that really means? It has nothing to do with the hand. It means I don't really know what else to say during the opening. I mean, it's not exactly that only. That is often it. In this case, it wasn't just that. It was It was not just, I don't know what else to say, but I'm going to go, I'm still talking. It was also... Uh, I don't want to give away anything in the hand, but I want to impl- I want to give a, a taste that there's like a surprising thing that happens in the hand. So ah. I'm trying to do that also. But also, I hadn't really thought about what I was going to say. Yeah. Because <laughs> I never do. I right. never know what I'm going to say. This is all improv. A lot of you might not believe it, but yeah. these podcasts are not pre-rehearsed. We don't make notes. We just watch oh, yeah. the hand and go. Yeah. You know, it's, it actually is a common question. Maybe one of the most common questions I get is both for the videos and the podcast is like, how long do you spend writing them or how much do you talk about it ahead of time? And the answer is pretty much zero yeah. for both. Like when we watch the hand, we watch the hand often together, but not always. If we're watching together, we may make a comment or two together to each other about it. Yeah. Like, I might say like, oh yeah, that's definitely value right there or something. But like it's, if it's more than a minute of conversation, it's, sh- it's like a major outlier. Like, right. So then, and then we just do a 45 minute show. So this like, is just the raw shit right here. Yeah. In the podcast. The video is, we record it after the podcast. Right. So we've already come up with our ideas on the podcast. And sometimes we'll even, because we know we're, we are sort of on a time limit with the video. We'll actually say, what are our key points we want to hit? Yeah. And we'll say like, well, we want to talk about these three things, you know? Um, so it's a little bit thought out. At least there's a tiny outline with the video, but really like this is the magic of the poker guys. You know, like we could do a live show. No problem. Like, you know, we can sit down, give us a hand right there on the spot, and we'll just do a 45-minute show on it. No yep. problems. That's what we do. That's who we are. And if someone out there is listening, Barry Gribble, I'm talking to you. Um, you know, you want to have us do that, we'll, we'll do it for money. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just peeling back the banana a little bit for everybody, huh? Yeah, once in a while. It's been five years. Let's let him see, you know, yeah. just the tiniest bit of, you know, who the man behind the curtain is. The man behind the kimono, as you might say. I would not say that. Those are two. You're mixing the things. I know, but you are behind the kimono when you're wearing a kimono. You are no. You're not behind it. You're in it. Yeah, but kimono is kimono is behind you as much as you're behind it. Bro. It's both. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm when I'm in my house. I am both in front of and behind my house. <laughs> you are not. <laughs> that is a lie. Hey, do you know? So so Grant is, is significantly younger than me. In case you guys don't know this. So do you know what the man behind the curtain is actually a reference to? I uh, don't think so. Is it uh-huh. something oh, to do oh. with uh, vaudeville? No. Um, the Wizard of Oz, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, I should have known that. Yeah. Okay, just check I mean, it I've in because it's a really I, old movie. Yeah, I mean, you're not that old that like you were like, oh, yeah, that <laughs> came out when I was 19. No, of course not. But, you know, like I, you know, there were more kids movies when you were growing up than there was for like I saw the Wizard of Oz a lot as a kid. I know? saw it a couple times. I think I just it was good. Yeah, it's it good. fine. 
I think the the, the Wicked Witch of the West line, got, a, got a raw deal. That line's really kind of a wuss, isn't it? Oh uh, well, yeah. Scarecrow's pretty stupid too. Yeah, I mean, Scarecrow's dumbass. You're not man. allowed to say that anymore. I would love, I would love to sit down and play heads up with a scarecrow. <laughs> Any of them, actually. The cowardly one. By the way, you could be ca- one of them is cowardly. One of them doesn't have a heart. That's the Tin Man. What's the difference there? What does that mean? The heart isn't that more about like uh, like feeling for like, others and stuff, like emotion, like, like yeah. love, yeah. as opposed to being cowardly. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so you can still fight. You just don't have a heart. Okay. Yeah. Because I was gonna. So that's the one guy which might be a problem to play heads up. The guy yeah. without a heart, the unfeeling yeah. dude. Yeah, that's like who's not an idiot and not afraid. That's like Christoph Vogel saying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's terrible. You're playing. The, you gotta. You gotta. You gotta computer. avoid the Tin Man if right. you see him at the the five ten game. You're like, oh, is there another table? <laughs> is the lion at I'll the just, other table? I'll just play one two till something else opens up. That's fine. <laughs> no problem. Uh, yeah, but cowardly lion, not bad. Cause you know, let's see, he has the nuts. He's not calling a big bet, a big raise on the river. We know that we know that. I feel like we should do a whole podcast about which characters from movies would be good at poker. <laughs> I mean, it's not the worst idea. I don't think we can do it as a lead as, as like the lead of the podcast, but it'd be like, if we have a short, so once in a while we may have a shorter hand and we decide to like have a segment, we could have like a, a recurring segment or something. That sounds terrible. It sounds really bad, but it's probably going to happen anyway, because <laughs> this is how we do it. Um, all right. Anyway, so this hand is from okay. the live at the bike 100, 200 game. It was suggested by John Barth. I think we got a rookie. Oh, John Barth. Sounds like, like a name. Sounds like a lawyer you can trust. Yeah, it sounds like um, a little bit. It reminds me a little bit of like John Galt from, uh, you know, the Ayn Rand novels or whatever. Oh, Fountain I didn't read those that. actually. Oh no, no. Actually, it's more Atlas Shrug. It's not the Fountainhead. Um, yeah, those those have been. Um, well, let's not get into it because there's no. a whole there's a whole political thing around it, which I don't mean there to be. Like they're good novels unto themselves without any political attachments or leanings at all. I enjoy them as novels, but geez, they've been co opted. I'll just say that. Well, that's kind of the author's fault. Uh, anyway, that's a little bit true. Yeah, I mean, she was writing it like in 1940, though. In fairness to her, she, she wants all the poor people to die. It's cool. All right, so well, John Barth. Maybe a little bit. <laughs> John Barth suggested the hand. Yeah. John Barth. Good name. You're a pitcher. You're a relief pitcher for the Giants. And John Barth, in, uh, I think we had a recent suggester that this is reminiscent of. I can't recall who it was, but it was a first time suggester, a rookie, and they got it in and they also chose a hand that nobody else chose, which is yeah. like a good sign for the future if that, you keep suggesting. That happened yeah. pretty recently. Yeah. yeah. I want to say it was like, I'm going to get the name wrong and screw it up. I'm not Leo Chen. I was going to say Timothy Chan. See, that was going to be problematic. It was Leo Chen. So John Barth and Leo Chen are like the Trey Young and Luka Doncic of 2019 right now. Oh, nice. For those of you who follow the NBA, that's meaningful. And everyone else is just gobbledygook. Yep. Well, that's just how it goes sometimes. So John Barth, thank you. Of course, John did this on Twitter. He uh, included a YouTube link and timestamped it. Even as a rookie, he remembered to timestamp it. Yeah. It's the only way you, you know, get in the, get in the game. Yeah. So good job, John. He's like, get, put me in the game, coach. I got a timestamp and the link. Yeah. Put me in the game. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And we, we gave him a shot. Yeah. And here we are. We'll see how he performs because the quality of our analysis is going to be completely his fault. I mean, if this, if this podcast is our most popular podcast of the year, then he did a good job. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm done with him. If we release this podcast and then nuclear war happens, that means he kind of messed up. How about even just like a big outbreak of a disease like Ebola, like kills I don't know, 400,000 people. I'm putting yeah, that on him too. That's John Barth. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's funny that people come here for the poker analysis, but then they're forced to stay through the beginnings of whatever we're doing to get to the poker analysis. I don't I like know that. what they come here for anymore. No. Who knows what it is? I mean, I think they come for the poker analysis. I think maybe it's a combo for a lot of people. I hope so because we do yep. a lot of non-poker analysis among the poker analysis. We don't get too many complaints. All right. That's true. 100, 200 game, cash game. Yes. We got Nick. Nick from Live with the Bike. You guys know who that is. We've done a bunch of breakdowns on him. If you watch any Live with the Bike, he's kind of a stalwart. He's a stalwart. He's one of the weaker regs in the game, yeah. is what I would say, from just having seen a few hands, in fairness right. to Nick. But it feels like he's always like making small mistakes that cost him a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> or And once in a while, he, he may get something right and win the hand, but still, we're like, eh, we don't like how you played the hand, Nick. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's Nick. He's on the button. Nobody's opened. He has 102,000. He's the effective stack. So over 500 big blinds. Okay. Significant. Despite the depth of his stack and the fact that it's a cash game, he's going to open to 500. This is a trend we've been seeing in high stakes games. They're all doing it. This is two and a half X. That's just the thing now. I I still just don't get it. I don't know. It's weird. They must be getting folds at that, at that stake level. So, so there's no reason that maybe it's stake related. I guess like when I've played one, two, it's like 10 is a standard open, which is five X. Yeah. But playing five, 10, it's like 30 to 40 is a standard open three to four. So maybe it's just a continuation I mean, of that. Yeah. Even two, five, like I'm opening a 20, I'm not opening a 25 personally, but yeah. some people do, but I feel like four X is, is a very standard raise at like a two, five level. And then you could probably go down to like 35 if you're at five, 10 yeah. comfortably and maybe even 30 depending on your opponents. But anyway, right. So maybe it's just a function of that, but it didn't used to be that way as we've it seen high stakes games on TV for, almost 20 years now. Yeah. So that's crazy. It's been so long of high stakes games on TV. It's cool. Anyway, it Nick has Jack nine of hearts makes it 500 with his 500 big blinds. I'm cool with that. Yeah. So far. So good. Garrett Adelstein, Adelstein or Adelstein. I just never know. I mean, I'm going to just be guessing, man. I was yeah. going to say something and then act like I was knew what I was. All right, we're going to call him Garrett. Cause you know who that is. That is the move. Garrett a Garrett. Uh, he's got 125k in front of him, and he's yeah. got king queen off in the small blind. Sure. Um, I actually didn't write down which suits, but I can figure that out real quick. It is the king of clubs and the queen of diamonds. Okay. Um, Jack nine of something for Nick. Jack nine of hearts. Okay. King of clubs, queen of diamonds for Garrett, and Garrett's in the small blind, and he's going to do the standard thing here in three bet. Of course. When the button opens. Totally reasonable. The non-standard thing that he does is the sizing. He goes big. He bet he bets twenty five hundred. It's not it's not insanely huge if you think about how deep they are. Right, but it is five x of Nick's race. Right, but wouldn't you think a standard one would be four xing it? I mean, it's five hundred dollars more. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, so it's, so it's it is more. But when they're as deep as they are, I get why he's making it a little bit more. No, it but yeah, sense. in a game of like tiny margins, twenty percent doesn't matter at all. You're right, Jonathan. Good point. Great analysis. You've been destroyed. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just not responding to you. Yeah. I've tried that tactic on you before. Yeah. Yeah. It works sometimes. It does. 2,500. What do you think Nick should do with Jack Nine of Hearts? I think it's a very easy call. Because they're so deep. Yeah. If they were, you know, 70 blinds deep, he has a very easy fold. What if Garrett was Johnny Chan? Call. Still call? We're 500 blinds deep. We hope he has aces. We want to have aces. Yeah. Okay. Although Johnny Chan, like you want someone who can not get away from aces. But Johnny Chan can get away from aces. You're so, so, so deep. You have to call with any kind of reasonable speculative hand here. Yeah. Like, I, agree. I think even the hands that you're comfortably dominated, like your King 10 offs, you should be calling. You can make a straight. You can make the nuts. Let's call. We're so deep. I don't, know about, the, I don't know about the King 10 offs. Really? That, that, it just feels a little precarious. It oh, depends. it's precarious. I mean, if it depends on who you are, you know, like if you're capable of getting away from one pair in spots where it's obvious that you should, then it's okay. But a lot of people will get a little stuck. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, against Garrett, we're not going to be getting away from where one pair all that often. No, honestly. that's true. 
but that's okay. I think we call and we like hang in there for a while. If we hit something, we don't have to hang in there for all three streets, but like Garrett's going to triple barrel us a lot. We have to know that Garrett doesn't have to have Garrett's got a very wide range here. I think there's a very easy call with, with a King 10 off when we're this deep. Specifically. All right. Is it, is it an easy call with King 10 off against Johnny Chan? 500 blinds deep. I think we still have to call, but we have to be unbelievably careful and not like one street of values. All he can get off of us with top pair. Yeah. Like if we flop a King, he bets once we call, he bets again, we're done. Yeah. We're done. And you know, even on the flop, we probably have to call once mm-hmm. because he can, maybe he's just like C betting or something. Yeah. But, um, but I think we do have to call because you know, we can, we can make the nuts and we can make big hands and we're so deep. Maybe we can have a great thing happen. You know, maybe we can have an ACE queen Jack on the board, have the nuts and he's got top set kind of a thing, you know, like he's, maybe he's going to lose some money. If that happens, it yeah. was a nice big pot. All right. Well, do you agree with this, by the way? I don't know if I agree with calling King 10 off against Johnny Chan. Um, I want to explain a little bit because we always use Johnny Chan as an example. Yeah. Um, there's like a spectrum in my head and in Jonathan's head too, probably where like Johnny Chan just represents the tight side of, of players that might be playing at these stakes. And Tom Dwan represents the loose side. Sure. And everybody else is in between or maybe Gus Hansen represents Victor the loose Blom, side. Victor whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that we always use Johnny Chan. We, we just mean like imagine a really tight player. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, so Nick does call with the Jack Nine of Hearts. Can I ask you one more question about this? Yeah. Let's say instead of a hand like King Ten, we have a different kind of a hand like Seven Eight. Offsuit. Yeah. I prefer that. So you would call with that because yeah. it's connected. Yeah. And you prefer that because when you make one pair, you're less often dominated. Yes, that's a big part of it. Okay. Yeah, I mean, like, I just don't want to have like a King Four Four flop with King Ten against Johnny Chan and be like, "Am I really calling the flop? Okay, am I going to really fold the turn now?" Yeah. Since you bet again. But the answer is yes. Yeah. You just are. But like, I mean, it goes both ways. Like seven, eight's doing worse against Queens and better against ace king. Right? Yeah. I mean, so it goes both ways. Yeah. Anyway, go on. All right. So Nick calls. We got a pot of 5,400. Okay. We're no problem. There's 5,400 nitrogens in my heart. You say that every time. I know. You got to, uh, you got to, you know, let's, let's, all right, there's 54, it's an improvisational show. And yet you go to the same line. Every all right. There's 5,400 nitrogens in my spleen. Honestly, it's a step up. What you just did, I feel better about it. Okay. Thank it's, you. It can be a medical problem, but it's worth it because Nitrogen Sports <laughs> Poker Room is a wonderful place to play poker for multiple reasons. One is that if you use the link in the description of this podcast, you get access to exclusive Poker Guys events. Currently, that manifests as our monthly tournament, which is incredible. Yeah, it's a tournament of champions. And by champions, I mean people who use, use the link in the description. The link. Yeah, that makes you an auto champ. For Nitrogen. But the thing that makes it truly incredible is the unbelievable guarantee that nitrogen puts on this thing where they put a thousand buy-ins guaranteed. It's a hundred millibit guarantee tournament. It only costs a 10th of a millibit to play, which means you need a thousand players just for them to break even. But guess what? We get like 80 players each time, i.e. they're putting 920 extra buy-ins in the pot every single time they do this. They've tournament. been doing this for like a year almost, maybe, maybe yeah, more like that. That's crazy. It's absolutely bonkers. It's uh, the last Sunday of every month, or if it's around the end of the month, it'll be the first Sunday of the next month. I mean, sooner, guys, you got to take advantage of this. Sooner or later, they're going to wake up and realize that this is dumb. <laughs> they don't <laughs> yeah. have to give away this much money, right? Yeah. They could guarantee 200 millibits, and still there'd be a big overlay. They could save 800 millibits every single month. They, they Eventually, they're going to figure that out. You we guys won't got, tell them. You guys got to hope Nitrogen doesn't listen to this, <laughs> this podcast. Um, so, you know, you got to take advantage. You have to take advantage, but it's not the only reason to get on nitrogen. They also have sports betting. They have casino games. 
you don't have to download anything. It's all housed in your browser and it's very nice software nonetheless. But the best part is the withdrawals, which take 90 minutes. You withdraw your Bitcoin from nitrogen. It takes 90 minutes. That is crazy. Yeah, it's faster than everybody else. Everybody else takes days sometimes longer than days. Sometimes they never pay out, by the way. Nitrogen pays out super fast because they don't have any of the bullshit processing stuff. They they just get the money out to you, and it's great. That's how life should be. Yes. And that's what Garrett's feeling like right now. He's like, this is what life should be. I love three-betting in a high-stakes cash game and now being out of position. This is my adrenaline rush. I am Garrett. Yeah. Yeah. So 5,400 in the pot. Garrett has the king of clubs and the queen of diamonds, and Nick has the jack nine of hearts. Right. The flop is 10 of diamonds, eight of clubs, five of hearts. Okay. So Nick flops open-ended, Garrett flops nothing. A whole lot of nothing. He's got two overs. That's it. With the backdoor straight draw. Uh, Garrett decides to check. What do you think about that? I am a little surprised. I understand that the board is not favorable to him, but normally he's just going to win if he bets. Right. And Nick has a lot of ace highs that he wants to bet out. Sure. Um, I I like a bet better, but Garrett knows what he's doing. And he must have... You know, he, he's not, he doesn't want to get, you know, blown off his hand, I guess, but he's going to, is There's he check no, calling? Who cares about getting blown off? Yeah, King, he's not check calling anyway, right? He's yeah. check folding. Yeah. He's just giving up. He's like, yeah. oh, you actually have something. That flop is not like, I can't really tell a great story with that flop. I'm just bailing. You can tell a perfectly good story. You can tell I an over, overpair story. I have jacks. Or, I have ace 10. Yeah. I have a set. I'm Garrett. I have nine ten suited. Like yeah. whatever. I've got top pair or better. Um, I'm surprised he doesn't bet this. It wouldn't really occur to me not to bet. Generally, in a three-bet pot, heads up, you're almost always betting unless the board is extra bad. Maybe he's planning on check-raising. Maybe. Maybe. maybe that's, like, the, that's the only thing that makes any sense to me. Um, maybe he thinks going to rep like top set. Maybe Nick's a guy who Garrett has seen, like, whenever he's checked to, he bets his air. So he maybe. thinks check-raising is more plus EV. I think of Nick as being kind of passive, but I've only seen him play, like, five hands, admittedly. Yeah. I don't know if passive is the right word. I, I feel like he's loose, if he's loose, I don't know if he's bad enough to be considered a loose passive, but mm-hmm. I guess maybe. But I do remember one particular hand where he like called with Jack ten off in a spot preflop that was really horrible. It was like a cold call of a three bet. Nick is also the guy who limped under the gun with ten seven of diamonds yeah. in a five ten game, I think. Yeah, I put and $10 there was in. a raise in a three bet to five hundred and ten dollars, and he called. Yeah, with ten seven of diamonds, it was insane. Yeah, so insanely bad. He's at least very loose. Yeah, but maybe he maybe doesn't take shots. I don't know. Anyway, I don't know either. It's it's a little bit surprising that Garrett checks. It, it seems like mostly he should be betting here. Yeah, it does. Unless he's check raising. Now here's another surprising check. Nick checks. That is really surprising. He's flopped open ended. He has no current showdown value. Like Garrett's probably if King Queen has maybe just enough showdown value for Garrett to check. I guess in his mind. But if Garrett has I don't know Deuce three here, I imagine he's betting. Yeah. Right. So it's likely that Garrett is ahead of Nick. What yeah. it looks like traditionally is that Garrett has some sort of ace high, but king high, similar thing. Feels like Nick should take a shot. I mean, Nick should bet not because he thinks he's necessarily going to win right now, but because A, he can build a pot if he gets there. B, he can start to tell a story where he wins down the road. And it, by the way, it's a bigger pot if Garrett doesn't fold right now. And he's got a hand that can withstand a check raise anyway. Yeah. Like this is... A great spot to bet. He could even three bet if he wanted to. I he mean, could against Garrett specifically. Yeah. He could. Garrett can really only call him with a set. I yeah. think. I think maybe not. Maybe Garrett just decides to put his hero helmet on. But guess what? We have outs anyway. Like we have outs against everything. Yeah. I can't imagine checking back here. 
against Garrett. I just can't. The only reason to do it is is when the guys who check here always are check raising. You know, there's yeah. a few guys who are just when they check, they're 100 percent have it. You know, right? But Garrett can't be one of those guys. He just can't be. No. So this is confusing to me. I I, I dislike this check way more than I dislike Garrett's check. I agree. I agree. So you guys must be thinking like, okay, so what's an action turn? Queen of diamonds or not queen of clubs or whatever. What does yeah, Garrett have? Garrett has the queen of diamonds in his hand. Turn. That's a good turn. Queen of clubs would be a big time action turn because Garrett would make top pair. Nick would make a straight. So the turn is the four of diamonds. Oh, you just played that. I bamboozled you guys. You took them behind the freaking middle school and got them pregnant. I did. I didn't do that. <laughs> Contact my lawyer. I did not do that. <laughs> well, it's out there now. So I guess you did. One of the openers did get there six, seven, but. That's not what Nick has, unfortunately, mm. for him. There were two open enders on this board. No, there's the three, seven, nine, of course. And there's double gutters. Wow, what a world. Anyway, so what do you think Garrett should do now that it's been checked back to him sitting there with King High? Uh, see, this is the problem with checking originally. So, I mean, I think Garrett should probably check again, honestly. Like, what are we repping now? We're repping sets and we're repping like ace king. Ace, maybe ace Garrett, high? maybe Garrett has some over pairs that he plays this way. And I imagine he's balanced enough that he would some pocket pairs that are below the tens. Yeah. Below the 10. I think he's probably should bet because I think Nick has a lot of ace high is played. Yeah. I mean, okay. Yeah. Isn't Nick. I mean, it doesn't feel like Garrett has very much on this board when he decides not to bet the flop and then this turn comes. Usually. Right, but it's weird for him not to bet king queen, so he's probably going to yeah. weird not bet aces sometimes too and stuff like that. I I hope so. Yeah. So I mean, like, and also just think about what Nick it, when Nick checks back, it feels like oh that's ace high. Yeah, that's ace high or a small pair or something. Yeah. Like he's just not getting in trouble. And two bets, two bets is usually going to get the job done. Yeah, that's true. And one bet sometimes will get the job done too. Mm-hmm. I think he's got a bet. I know the story. I is just weird. don't. I mean, we we have to bet. I don't think one bet is all, is going to get the job done very often, um, but I think two bets will. I guess so just, yeah. To be willing, as long as we're willing to, to you know bet twice, we're, it's fine to bet. Yeah, I guess so. And I agree with you. It's it's probably better than checking, but man, we're telling like a story of we have a weak hand when we bet. That's the story. And I, maybe once in a while it's not true, but come on. Yeah. Mostly this is I don't have much right. Yeah, but like we've, how, seen, we've seen Garrett do a ton of weird stuff, though. No, I understand, but I'm just like, if for, for the listeners even to think about, like, you're in a tournament or a cash game. Someone raises, there's two callers. There's, it's a king high board, and, and everyone checks to the raiser who checks. A four on the turn, everyone checks the raiser who bets. And you're like, so you have, like, two jacks or something. Like, you rarely have a top pair or better here, right? Like, almost never do they have that, right? Now, I know it's different with Garrett. I'm not saying it's the same. He's going to be more balanced. He's going to be trickier. But still... Like, usually he doesn't have it. That's all. I don't know. I mean, like, I'm a person who does a lot of top pair checking, even in multi-way pots for deception. On the flop? Yeah, I do. Not in, not in tournament, or not in cash games as much as tournaments. Mm-hmm. More in tournaments. Yeah, in cash games doesn't make as much sense, right? Yeah. Multi-way, anyway, let's not get into the whole... We could go down that rabbit hole, but yeah. let's, let's avoid it, because that's a, that's a separate rabbit hole. I know what I'm doing. Anyway, Garrett decides that Grant is smart, and he's going to bet. So... I agree with you about betting. I'm just saying it's not a good story. Yeah, it's not the best story, but it's a weird story for whatever hand he has. I mean, if he's checking again, he's completely surrendering the, the pot. Yeah. It feels like, so I betting mean, is better than if that. If he had value, it would be a weird story, too. Yes. No, you'd be that would be great because yeah. you're telling a bad story. Yeah. I like that, but mostly he's not going to have value. Anyway, go on. All right. By the way, the four of diamonds brings a flush draw. There's two diamonds now. Okay. Um, Garrett bets 2,500 into 5,400. Yep. What do you think Nick should do? 
I mean, Nick certainly shouldn't fold. Normally, I would say Nick should raise here because Garrett's got a weak range. um, And Nick's actually has a really nice semi-bluffing hand. The problem is Nick's now telling a weird story if he raises because he checked back the flop. Yep. Like if, if he had bet the flop and Garrett suddenly donks the turn, Nick could raise and it makes a lot more sense. Nick's like saying, no, no, no I told you I had a strong hand. I have a yeah. strong hand. Yeah. But now it's like, really? You flopped a set and you didn't bet the flop when you guys are this deep? Really, Nick? Like, I don't believe you. You flopped two pair. Like you flopped. Honestly, like you made a straight, you flopped an open ender and which turns out he did and checked it back. Like, really? Like, I understand the, that, you know, the, an open ender comes in, but I don't really buy that you have it, even though he might have, as it turns he out. Probably would. Right. But, yeah. but the point is, like, it's not a great story. So I don't love, I think I like a call better than a raise because of that. What do you think? I just don't know what the plan is. I think we could call here and raise some rivers because now the story is like about like turning river as opposed to what we were doing on the flop a little bit more. Yeah. Um, also, sometimes Garrett's going to give up on the river and we can just bluff if we don't get there. We're also going to improve a fair amount to top pair or better or second pair, you know, so, well, I guess third pair. No, second pair, because it'll be a nine, right? Yeah. Um, so we, we have a bunch of outs to improve, which would be great. We're obviously never folding then. And, uh, and we have nice opportunities to bluff if we want to. But, I mean, a raise is one of those things that, especially against Garrett, might not work. Garrett may be one of those, that's a bad story, Nick, and just re-raise you. Yeah, also, Garrett could have a set or aces or kings or yeah. hands like that because it's Garrett and he plays weird. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a little scary to raise, I think. And probably a bit of a bad story. Yeah. And Nick Nick makes a good play and just calls. Oh, so, so you agree? Yeah. Okay. He calls. The pot is now $10,400. $10,400 in my heart. It doesn't sound as good when you say it. In my spleen. Pick a different one. In I'm, my head. <laughs> that's, no, it has to be an internal organ. Oh. In my foot. <laughs> <laughs> foot? Do you know the any... foot is both on the inside and the outside you, of the human body. Do you body. know any other internal organs? <laughs> The skin is an internal organ. That's an external organ. <laughs> <laughs> Name one other internal organ. Of course organ. I know them. Name one. Are you serious? I can't tell if you're serious or not. Right I now. want you to name Kidney. one. That's not one. That's <laughs> heart. A, that's a bean. How about heart? Heart? We already talked about heart. <laughs> Lungs. Are you happy? That's more like... I can do this all day, bro. <laughs> you're going to run out sooner or later. <laughs> I don't know. Gallbladder. That's the, that's the apex. What was wrong with Kidney. Yeah, too easy. Too easy. Gallbladder. I said foot. <laughs> <laughs> foot is too easy. All right. By the way, I hope. I hope. Did you get the whole the skin is on both the inside and the outside? Of, like the reference to our earlier, like on the inside of the outside of the house. Oh yeah, no, yeah, I get it's it. the whole thing. No, okay, I get good, it. good. Just want to make sure. I, I feel didn't like get that, it. that was a very special joke. I didn't <laughs> get it. No, I do. The best humor is referential humor. Please continue. Thanks for telling me. All right, the pot is ten thousand four hundred dollars. <laughs> The river is kind of like the perfect river to make this interesting. It's the ace of diamonds. So it brings the backdoor flush and an ace, yeah. which are both relevant to the hand because no, no betting happened on the flop. Mm-hmm. Garrett checks. Okay. So do you think he's just hoping to get a check back and somehow win? And lose? I mean, if he gets yeah, usually, a check back, he's going to lose. Yeah, I think you're gonna, he's just giving up. Garrett's lose. giving up if he checks, yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised Garrett doesn't bluff this card. It's a little surprising. He could easily have some sort of diamond draw that he picked up on the turn. Yeah, he could all. Yeah. I guess he just feels like he doesn't have a diamond in his hand. He does. He does. Oh, he's the the queen of diamonds. Oh, it's the queen of diamonds. I'm really surprised he doesn't bet this card. Yeah. 
He could also rep hands like Ace King and Ace Queen. Exactly. Like this seems like a good hand. This is a good card for him. Yeah. Nick doesn't have Ace Ten almost ever. Nick's usually going to bet the flop with a hand like Ace Ten. You would think, but he didn't bet Jack Nine, so who knows? I understand, but I'm I'm, I'm just going off of like from Garrett's point of view. You would assume yeah. he has he doesn't have very much aces up here. I guess he could have an ace and have just held on on the turn. That's possible. That does make a little bit of sense. That I'll admit, but like okay. We could bluff out maybe some some small pocket pairs and stuff like that. That would be cool. Yeah. I like betting. Yeah. Especially think, with the Queen of Diamonds in our hand. Yeah, I think I think Garrett can rep a flush and he can rep big aces, and I think he should bet because I don't know. Maybe he thinks King High is good enough that he can win sometimes. How? What is he beating? I know he's I know it is, but how, what is he beating in your mind if you're Garrett? I don't know. Like, it, like it has he got to be, called on the turn. It has to be straight draws, I guess. Straight draws that didn't bluff the flop. Yeah. Didn't bet the flop and didn't raise the turn. I mean, admittedly, that's exactly what happened, but you're asking a lot to think he's not. You have to really know Nick in a deep way and be right when you're like, well, he just doesn't bet his open-ender on the flop. Like, I would not think that. I would assume he was betting it. We think it's a mistake not to have bet it. Yeah. And, we're, and I'm honestly surprised. Like, most poker players would absolutely bet their open-ender on the flop there. One check, too, right? They're like, please fold, but if you don't, it's okay. Yeah. Like, cool. So anyway, I think Garrett's just got to be check giving up here. What else is there? Yeah, I think or, he or bluff is. it. Those I, are the only two options. I think he is. I think I think it is a mistake to check. Yeah, it's a good card for him to to bluff on. So he checks, and Nick is sitting there with Jack High and decides, well, I have to bluff, I guess. But does he have to bluff? Is this a good card for Nick to bluff on? I'm trying to think. So, what if Garrett actually had just a medium ace here, right? Like he three bet with a medium ace didn't like the flop. So he sort of was giving up sort of like he was, it seemed like on the flop, unless he was yeah. check raising, um, bets the turn. Cause he doesn't know what to do. Sort of like go away. It didn't work. And then he rivers an ace, but it's the ace of diamonds and he doesn't have a great kicker. So he's like, I'm going to check call. It's a perfect bluff catching spot. Right? Yeah. So that's the problem with betting here. Well, now, I'm also wondering about Nick's story, right? What aces does he have? Like your question, right? He, I think he just has flushes for value. Couldn't he have a hand like ace Jack pretty easily? I suppose he could have ace jack. Like ace jack, ace queen, he could have. He could. Ace queen's against Garrett going to be a four bet, I think, pre flop, decent amount of the time. Maybe, but he may also think, like, I don't want to play a 200K pot right now because I'm going to have to make. Garrett just made it, what, 5,200 or 5,000 or something like 2500. that? 2,500. Oh, 2,500. So it means Nick's going to have to make it like 8,000. I guess he's going to make 8,000 and fold, is what he would do, right? Yeah. But Garrett's the kind of guy who absolutely can five bet bluff you. Right. It's but possibly, if, I could see Nick deciding. Let me just finish and then. Yeah. Um, Nick decided like, I'd rather play a really good hand in position rather than sort of turn it into a bluff against a guy who is mostly five better five betting or folding and not really calling out of position. My four bet. Garrett actually calls quite a bit in spots like that for four bet out of position. Yeah. I've seen him do it. Yeah. I don't remember specifics, but I feel like I've definitely seen him do stuff like that. Also, like there's a meta advantage to taking some of your better hands when you open the button and Garrett three bets you like, yes, get the fuck off my lawn, Garrett. Of course. Like I know you're going to keep doing this over and over again. Right. Yeah. No, of course. There's that. Um, that's a reason to four bet um, light for sure. Like with with just a bad ace in your hand. But also um, with I think you want to include some hands that are like going to be well ahead of Garrett's range, and mm-hmm. it's nice to have at least a little value. I don't disagree with you. Um, I could see Nick sort of talking himself into, or myself even talking myself into, like, boy, I sure don't want to get five bet with a hand that plays really well with that by just calling here. So I might decide to just call, even though you're giving up some value. I agree with you. Yeah. Um. Anyway. So ace, but ace, that's why I picked ace jack though, is because ace jack feels like that's a hand you might really decide to just flat with in position against Garrett. 
Yeah. You know, that feels like, and you might check back the turn and call the, check back the river and, excuse me, check back the flop and call the turn with. Yeah. So besides ace jack though, what other, what other hands? Okay. Nick could absolutely have diamonds, right? He could have diamonds, but what diamonds? That's the next question. Jack, well, he can have jack nine of diamonds. Which he didn't bet the flop with. Right. So it's hard to believe. He might have raised the turn with a hand that strong too. Yeah. With all the equity. Um, They're all like combo draws. Basically. Well, he might be a wide. He may have like a whole bunch of diamond combinations where he's raising pre and then because they're so deep, just calling like king four of diamonds type hands. Yeah. And even like worse, he shouldn't, he shouldn't be calling with those hands when they're 500 blinds deep. I don't think you should call with king four or diamonds. I think you can. I disagree. All right. Maybe there is more of a conversation to have here. I mean, like you think you can call with like seven eight off, but you shouldn't call with king four of diamonds. I disagree. No, you. I didn't think I should call with seven eight off. You just asked which I would oh, prefer. Oh, you said you like that better. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought you were saying you would definitely call no. with that. You would fold that too. I think I would. Oh yeah, I wouldn't fold any of these hands. Okay. We're just so deep. It's yeah. great. Let's make all the money. Let's let's make a big hand and and stack the guy. It's like a speculative investment, bro. You got to fold something. Not very much when you're this deep. And, you know, eh. you can fold some of the absolute worst hands that, like, don't make – that really it's really hard for them to make straights and can't make flushes and things like that and don't make good top pairs. But, like, King Four of Diamonds makes the second nut flush a lot and – well, a lot sometimes. and All make, the time. Makes a, makes a pretty good top pair. And, you know, like, okay. And it's Garrett. He's really wide. Yeah, I don't know if I can agree with that. Hmm. Feels like your only argument is just that we're deep and that sometimes is. you can make a hand. That's my argument. Yeah. Yeah. And then maybe we're going to get a lot of money out of it. I think you're discounting reverse implied odds a bit too much. Um, I'm definitely discounting them a fair amount. That's yeah. true. And why is that? Because uh, I'm an optimist, not a pessimist. Okay. I mean, that's my best answer. Uh, I mean, okay, let's, so you're not sure about, you don't think you'd call with king 10 off. You don't think you'd call with seven, eight off. You don't think you'd call with king four diamonds. Is that fair to say? Yes. Would you call with king jack off? Getting to yes territory. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what that means. Does that mean you throw it away or you call? It means I have to think about it for, for a five X three bet. Yeah. For against Garrett. Yeah. I think I call king jack off. Okay. Um, so why do you call with King Jack off and not king 10? Cause you do have mind? to call with some of your range and I'd rather call with the better parts of my range, which the and kind of inherently the better parts of your range have less reverse implied odds. What percentage? What percentage of hands do you think you're opening on the button when it folds to you as as Nick? Sixty five seventy. So King Ten is way 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 up in the near the top edge of that man. Right, but so is King Four of Diamonds. By a the three bet to this size is is a significantly bad event, and you have to take that into account. Yeah, but it's scary. He threw bets all the time. I mean, it's and it, the part of your range is one way to do it, but also yeah. like when we're this deep, I care a lot about playability. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think like I'd I would like I said I'd rather have the seven eight off than the king ten off, even though seven eight off clearly would fall lower in the distribution. Of course, so of course. that's a big factor for me. And by playability, you just mean you're worried about being dominated because um, king ten plays has good playability. I would argue it's not like it's king seven. You know, it's got straight draws coming and stuff like that. I mean, it's like a, a connected hand has a significantly better straight equity than an unconnected hand. That's true. And seven, eight is the type of hand where if you hit a pair and your opponent has ace king, you can win like I'm, stuff like that. Just general, like right. the way, you know, it feels when you're playing and you're like, this hand is a much easier hand to play in this spot than I, king 10 off. I understand what you're saying, but I, I want to challenge you a little bit on this playability thing too. Um, 
because yes, while you are dominated by Ace King, you are destroyed by pocket pairs bigger than eight, or actually eights and bigger even, or even sevens and bigger, I should say. All the pocket pairs, which you're not like when you have King 10. So there's some give and, give and take there. There's not a ton because of the combinatorial of course, out, outlay of it. Of course. But I don't know, is, is Garrett, do we think Garrett is three betting? I guess he's three betting King Queen, he's three betting King Jack. He's probably three betting King 10. Um, probably. Yeah. He might be three betting worst Kings too sometimes. Maybe sometimes. So, so we at least have him on the other side once in a while too, where we have him dominated. Um, I will admit there's definitely a lot, either way, there's going to be a lot of guesswork with either one of those hands, right? Yeah. I don't, I don't want either of them. So what are you calling with? Like, what's your range that you're calling with when Garrett three bets you five X and you're, you just open on the button and you're this deep. Okay. Assuming like that we can just assume they're going to throw some three bets in there. So I'm just saying the bottom of the range, like that I'm calling. What do you mean? Uh, four bets, excuse me. Oh, okay. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like I'm not just calling with aces, but I'm going to say like sure. all pairs. Yeah, that, yeah, does, yeah. that doesn't mean I'm just calling with aces every time, but I Understood. am sometimes. Yeah. yeah, what's what's the bottom of the range you're calling with? Okay, obviously I'm calling with all pairs. Great. That makes 100% sense. We all agree with you. Yeah, I think King Jack off is probably about right okay. for for the offsuit unpaired hands. Yep. Um, I think sometimes I'm going to four bet King Jack off too, though, because of blockers. Sure. Uh, I think I'm calling all... Directly suited connectors, four, five, and better. Mm-hmm. Um, then I'm going to probably be calling one gappers that are seven, nine, and better suited. Okay. And I'm mostly going to be four betting ace low hands if I'm continuing with them. Yeah. Ace, ace low off hands, I'm either folding or four betting. Right. Ace low suited hands, I'm mostly four betting, sometimes calling. So what's your worst ace that you're calling with? Because we're doing calling here. Worst ace unsuited? Yeah, yeah sure. Ace 10? Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, probably you call with ace 10, you three bet like the ace nines, like the slightly better. Four bet, yeah. Sorry, four bet, um, the slightly better aces. And then depending on how much you feel like, Garrett, what Garrett's frequency is with three betting, you can four bet as many yeah. aces you want that makes sense. But right. like, ace nine is probably a four bet more than it's a fold. It's either, it's either a four bet or a fold. Yeah, I agree. And I agree with that. It, ace nine through ace six being my most likely folds yeah. of the offsuit aces, I'd rather have the ace wheel. Absolutely. Hands is the four bets. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay. Um, so it's, it, so I mean, look, I understand what you're talking about in terms of your concern about reverse domination and reverse implied odds and things like that. But when you're as deep as these guys are, these suited, these small suited connector hands also have problems, like major problems. Like you make a flush and you get a lot of money in. Like being this deep is actually problematic for for hands. Like if you decide to like put raises in. Well, I mean, you have to proceed with caution with almost every hand when you're this deep, of course. That's, that's, That's kind of my point. I agree with that. I just want the better hands. Right, but you think seven nine suited is a better hand, and I'm saying I'd rather have king ten. Okay, that's, that's fine. That's that's the difference. Yeah, that's fine. That's that's a difference. <laughs> right, but I'm saying instead of it being an opinion, like aren't we trying to figure out what's actually better? Now maybe we can't. I don't think we can. Yeah, like it also depends a ton on who like who's doing. The there's not like a robot who's going to play the whole hand for you. Like, oh yeah, that too. Like yeah. who's playing the hand and how comfortable they are with different hands and stuff like that. Yeah, it's a big deal. No question about it. Um, but both actually who's playing the hand and who's the opponent in the hand, yeah. right? If, but we're talking about Garrett specifically here, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like I actually want the, personally, I want the high card power of the king and the 10 in my hand because I feel like against Garrett, who's going to be wide and going to barrel a lot, hitting one pair is good a lot more than it is against a whole bunch of other opponents. And the, so the bigger the pair, the better, 
even though I agree, once in a while hitting a king is a disaster. Yeah, I just feel like that's kind of a thought process that when you're super deep leads to winning smaller pots and losing bigger ones. Mm -hmm. I hear that. I hear that. I mean, Garrett is a a lot of playing against Garrett, period, is like close your eyes and call, right? Like, I'm holding on with one pair. I'm holding on with one pair. There's just a lot of playing him. So this is just, this would be yet another situation where we might decide to do that. We might not. We can't always do it. Right. We we have to do it more than against a lot of other players, for sure. Like, against a lot of players, I think you call once, and like the Johnny Chans of the world, and even the, not even all the, like, a lot of people are checking the turn once they get called on a king high board, right? As a three better, you know? If they bet again, if you don't know that they don't have it, that they cannot have it, you should probably fold King 10 there, you know, King Jack, all King Jack, the same thing, right? I mean, Oh yeah. King Jack and King 10 really play. I'm folding the King same Jack here. against Johnny Chen. Oh like, yeah. Yeah. Of course. Like King Queen too. Yeah. By the way, like they're all the same. Yeah. Right. If Johnny bets again, you have to fold King Queen and you're like, gosh, do I even have ace King here? Is this like maybe one of the best hands I have that isn't super slow played, but it doesn't matter. Who cares? Distribution doesn't matter. Johnny Chen, he's betting twice after three bet. He has it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I want to make it clear that I would not choose seven, eight off over King 10 in a spot where it's like a 30 blind deep tournament situation. Of course. Like, we're talking course. 500 big blinds deep. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's yeah. I, I, I think it's good. You're making it clear. I certainly wasn't thinking you were saying, yeah, that, yeah. yeah we're just, the truth is neither of us are used to playing 500 blinds deep. Right. No. Like I actually like actively don't like or want to play 500 blinds deep mostly um, like in cash um, because I feel like I understand, I really understand like 100, 200 blinds deep or 250 or even 300. Once you start to get to 500, now only against really, really good players does this even matter. So usually it doesn't matter. Um, But against really good players who are going to put a lot of pressure on you, it sucks to be that deep, you know? Like, I'm just thinking like Peter Eastgate when he bought into the... Oh, uh, right. He bought in for too much. Yeah, he bought in for like a quarter of a million dollars and really regretted it. 500K. Oh, was it? Yeah. And uh, Tom Gwan got him to fold trips, right? Yeah. Trip deuces or whatever it was. Well, that was like the most legendary bluff of all time, but yeah. Right. But yeah. But Peter folded because he was so deep. Right. You know? And it's like, I don't want to be Peter Eastgate in that spot. I want to have enough money where I'm like, well, he's got it. He's got it. But it's Tom Dwan. And I don't, have, I don't have to worry about folding. Yes, it's $100,000, but I just won the main event. I don't care. You know, instead of like, oh my God, am I really going to blow half a million dollars in this spot where I'm beat a lot? You know? And you worry about it and you actually throw the hand away. Yeah. So. So anyway. Anyway, what was that about? What are we talking about? <laughs> we were, well, we were talking about, we got back into the discussion about what um, Nick can even have here. That's, I think, where we got into yeah. this whole discussion. Like, can he have ace jack? Can he have ace queen? What can he have? And then we got back to the king ten somehow. I think it's, it's hard to know because we don't really, like, Nick is kind of an uh, unopened box for us still, yeah. even though we've seen a lot of him play. Not, not a lot, but a sum of him play. I still can't make too many assumptions about his game, so I'm just trying to think of what I might have. And I think I'm doing sure. a lot of four betting with ace queen and ace jack type hands against Garrett in that spot pre-flop. And that I'm doing a lot of four betting with my other aces too. Yeah. You know, like So that means you have to if you're doing a lot of four betting with with a bunch of aces, that means ace queen and ace jack are really value hands and are you not folding to a five bet then if Garrett five bets you? I think I it depends on the frequency of five bets in like Let's say it's, you know, you've been playing for an hour. He's been three betting you. He's three bet you twice. You haven't four bet him yet. You now you have ace jack and you four bet to he made a 2500. So you're going to four bet to, I don't know, 7200 or something. Yeah, I think in that specific scenario that we've been playing for an hour and this is like the first time I might be more likely to flat ace jack and ace queen because I don't yet have enough data to like feel comfortable with what to do with a five bet. 
Right. Yeah. So I'd, I'd rather have a weaker or stronger hand the first time gotcha. that I four bet. Okay. And that, if that were the scenario. Right. But Garrett and Nick have a ton of history. They do. So if we had a ton of history and Garrett three bet me out of the small blind a lot, maybe it's different. So I don't know. I, I, I certainly think Nick could have ace queen or ace jack here. I think he would, sh- he should be four betting them some of the time. Yeah. I, I think agree. he probably shouldn't be showing up with too many other aces at all. That like, he's calling with. Yeah. Me. Calling preflop. I think like um, he can have like ace 10. Ace 10 specifically, but he didn't bet the flop. Yep. Uh, oh, right. He didn't bet the flop. It's a 10 high board. Yeah. It's hard for him to have ace 10. Yeah. There's not too many other aces. I agree with you. Yeah. So, by the way, we, I don't know if we got to it, but Nick does bet. He bets 4,500 as a bluff. We, did. I, we, we were just, just we were just talking about should Nick bet. We got into such a rabbit hole, which remember I said like a half hour ago, like let's not go down that rabbit yeah. hole. Then we went down that rabbit hole. That happens a lot here. Yeah. It's part of the, it's part of the fun. Okay. So Nick bets. I understand why Nick bets. Nick has Jack high. Right. Garrett hasn't shown that much interest in this hand. It's a really right. good reason to bet, but I don't know if he's repping anything but a flush. He's mostly repping a flush here. It was um, 10, 8, X. 10, 8, 4, and 10, 8, 5, and then a 4. So 6, 7 got there, but Nick didn't raise the turn. He's usually going to raise the turn. And he, he didn't has. bet the flop. So like right. those are two things you'd expect him to do with 6, 7. 10, 8, 5. Could Nick ever have like ace 5 suited here? Ace five suited, maybe sure. Ace eight suited, maybe. Maybe, maybe he could. Combos I there. bet. I bet Nick would just call with yeah, those hands. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, Nick. Nick himself might. I would be four betting or folding those hands. This is another one of those things where, like, well, I'm so deep, maybe I can actually call in position yeah. with those hands, and it's not as crazy. Yeah. Or if you're like a hundred blinds deep, it's it's bad. Right. But five hundred blinds deep, it's like you know. Maybe maybe it's, it's not okay. as crazy. It's reasonable, I think. So let's let's say so if you can have ace eight and ace five, there aren't too many combos. Right? There's like three or two combos of each of them. Uh, yeah. There's, let's see, it's the eight of clubs and the ace of diamonds. So there's two combos of ace eight suited and the five hearts of ace of diamonds, two combos yeah. of ace five so suited. So there's four t- combos total of aces up. By the way, he might bet those on the flop. Yep. Especially ace eight. Yeah. But probably both. Um, so there's, but so he can maybe have ace jack and ace queen, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe he can have ace king once in a while, by the way, too. Maybe. I think he can. Um, but not that many combos of any of those things, in truth. And then we have your, our uh, our aces up, and what else is? It? And then some diamonds. Diamonds. So that's the value. It'll have to be like king four of diamonds, queen something of diamonds. I mean, like if he's queen calling with those jack of diamonds, which he didn't bet on the flop, which was two overs and it got shot in a backdoor flush drop. Yeah, the, but he didn't bet the open ender, so it's right. A, so we know it's possible. We know it's Garrett, possible. Garrett may not know that queen nine of diamonds would be in the same category. Yeah, that's a gutter. Yeah. And over, he might bet that, but he didn't bet the other thing. Like, like do you think saying. he's calling with queen seven of diamonds preflop? I, I mean, I don't. I don't. I don't know, but you think, I don't you think, think so. king four, but not queen seven? Yeah. Okay. I, I, I actually do, but I'll admit that's all pretty close to each other, and maybe maybe that's just a fault in logic for me. It's possible. But like, like you said, though, like king tends to no for you, king jacks a yes for you. Like there's yeah. a line somewhere, right? right. So, so maybe that's the line. I don't know. Um, okay, so he bets. I think he has to bet. I think he's right to bet. He can have diamonds. That's a scare card maybe in a whole bunch of ways for Garrett. As we look at it, I mean, Garrett should think like, shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, he checks like, all right, you win. And, uh, and then Nick bets, and he should be like, okay, well, yeah, like I said, you win. Like, congratulations. You know, I throw my hand away. You have the best hand. Instead, right? Garrett tanks for a while. Yeah. So and then he calls. See, that's really confusing to me. Yeah. I get the tanking, 
But I would expect him to raise because he has the queen of diamonds in his hand, much more than calling with king high. I don't think I like this call. Um, it's right. But what does what is Nick supposed to have that Garrett can beat here? The diamonds came in. Yep. So Garrett is saying, like, I guess you have seven, nine or jack nine and you didn't bet the flop. And it's not of diamonds, obviously. The only thing I have here is that Garrett has a live read of some sort to make this call rather than raise. Raising makes a lot of sense. I mean, this could definitely be confirmation bias, but I watching the video, I did feel like Nick looked incredibly uncomfortable on the river and he bets kind of fast too. And so maybe Garrett's just like, Oh, you just don't have it somehow. I don't know how, but I guess you don't have it. How much does Nick bet? 4,500 into 10, four. Yeah. I like, I like a sizing. It looks like value. Yeah. Like I have an ace, you know, not so much a flush, but I have an ace, right? Maybe, but yeah, I guess, I guess, I mean, I just, I think Nick probably is repping only diamonds, but at the same point, it's hard for him to have a bluff. It's really, really hard for him to have a bluff. He's got to have Jack nine or seven, nine, right? I mean, you think he's going to check back and then call with King high on the flop and turn. It doesn't seem likely. Why? Unless he has King X of diamonds specifically, but guess what? He got there if he does. So like, there's no king highs. No, there's no so queen. There shouldn't be any queen highs either. There shouldn't be. I guess queen jack. Queen jack that was overs and the gut shot was yeah. just. And then decided guess. to call the turn. Yeah. Which I don't know if queen jack would call the turn. I mean, I don't know either. It's maybe. I mean, it was cheap, right? It was you're, 25 into 54. Yeah. And you're in position. Maybe. Maybe you call with overs in the gutter. That's not crazy. Okay. That's not crazy. So you could put him on queen jack as Garrett, but you block queen jack. You sure do. You also block a diamond, at least with the queen of diamonds. That's nice. That is good. But that's not a good enough reason to call, is it? It can't be. Having one diamond in your hand is just not... I mean, it helps. If we had a, if we had a little more of a hand, if we had a pair, it makes a little more sense. If we had an ace in our hand, a bad ace and a diamond, they're like, okay, well, I blocked some diamond draws. That's good. If he bet big, you know, if he was repping like a, a flush. But here, we can't beat anything. Yeah, I think, nothing. Is, I think this is a bad call. This seems... From a gameplay perspective, meaning lack of reads, if, if we're doing it online, it seems like a really bad. I don't like how this hand was played by Garrett. Right. I don't, I don't I, like any of his I don't either. Maybe much. it is a live reads thing because I think Garrett does really stare him down. So, so it could be a live reads thing, but Nick would be uncomfortable if he was bluffing with 5-6 suited too, which was is a pair. That's you know? right. And he might decide to bluff with that hand. Trying to get Garrett off like two nines yeah. or something. Hands like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, Maybe. Is it possible, Garrett? I mean, this is this is the level of stretch I have to do, which is like Garrett has a live read on Nick, so he didn't bet the flop because like, oh, Nick liked the flop. But then Nick checks it back, and Garrett's like, oh, I guess I was wrong. And then he bets, and then he gets called. He's like, oh, no, Nick liked the flop. And then an ace comes on the river, and Garrett checks, and Nick bets. He's like, oh, no, Nick is really uncomfortable. Yeah. So I call. But then if Nick liked the flop, now you think he has a pair a lot of the time. But he wouldn't bet a 10. No, he'd have to, No. He wouldn't bet a 10. He'd check back a 10. This is very confusing. Yeah. I don't think I like... I don't think I like Garrett's check on the flop or check or river call at all. I don't like Garrett's river check either. I think Garrett should be bluffing the river. It seems like a really good card for him to bluff. He's got way more big aces. His diamonds make sense for him to have. This is very weird. This is a weird hand. Yeah, I'm not sure I like how either of them played it very much. So maybe Nick checked back the flop because he just feels like against Garrett, he needs to have some deception. You know, like checking back the nut flush draw sometimes when your head's up just to throw off your opponent. Yeah. 
So that Garrett's the right guy to do that against. At least he's paying attention. He's, you know, so there's some value there, but then we should probably be raising the turn a lot more than just calling it. Although it's okay to call in position, I guess. Garrett didn't bet that much. We can try and steal on the river. And he did. I like how Nick played this better than, than I like how Gary played it for sure. I feel like Nick's, Nick's decisions are much more defensible. Although I do wish he had bet the flop. Yeah, I guess so. Okay, so I have a thing that John Barth wrote to us. Oh, good. He, ha- he has a question about the hand. Maybe this can help us do a little bit extra analysis. Yeah. Because uh, the previous hand that had just happened, Garrett folded trips to Matt Berkey. Mm-hmm. I think I think correctly. Um, so he, John Barth is saying, the contrast of G-Man's fold on the previous hand with this hand is cool. Thinking more on the river, G-Man has more aces in his range and expects Nick to check back with most value hands, thus making bluffs more likely. You guys can explain it. Smiley face. Yeah. I mean, Garrett probably has more aces in his range. Yeah. But, you know, they both have a relatively similar amount, I think, of... Well, I guess, no, Garrett has more aces. He should. Yeah, he does. But, I mean, it really looks like Nick has a reasonable hand, a reasonable value hand on flop and turn. He checks back. He's got a showdownable hand most of the time. He calls the turn. Which showdownable hand that he's betting the river with? Ace eight, that's all I got. Ace eight, ace five, uh, queen jack. No, he can't have queen jack of diamonds. Uh, yeah, it's hard to come up with them. That's true. Not a showdownable hand, which he checks back the, the flop. Then I guess that's why I keep saying that I think like it's mostly diamonds for value, right? But diamonds make sense. Diamonds do make sense. It's just I guess how far do the diamonds go? We don't really know about next right. range, but like, sure he's. He would have Jack Nine of Diamonds, you would think, but the flop should eliminate that. And maybe Garrett's like, wow, if the Queen of Diamonds in my hand, that's not just a diamond, that's a great blocking diamond yeah. for a guy who just called the three bet. Like that knocks out a lot of the com- diamond combos he's most likely to have, right? Yeah. If that if that's true. If but if he's calling with a whole bunch of diamond combos because they're deep, he ta- he's doing the Jonathan Levy, well, I mean, come on, I'm deep, I'm in position, I ain't folding, you know, kind of a thing, then you you could screw yourself pretty easily. Maybe Garrett also just like, you know, it's 14.5 to win, 4,500 4, 4, to win 14.5 or so, win $15,000. I don't have to be right all the time. So have to be right a little bit. And I want to know. Of course, you're going to get to know, you're going to get to find out anyway. It's on TV, right? So I don't know, man. I don't like it. I still don't like it. Even as we get a little closer to it, I still don't like it. I feel like we're closer to, to getting behind Garrett's decision. I still don't like it. This feels no. like this. This feels like the way people lose a lot of money in poker is I check call with king queen high on the on the river. You know. Well, I think he probably should have just bluffed the river, and that yeah. would have been a good line. Then. I like that too. And I really like a check raise on the river, even. You know. Yeah, I think that's a little high variance. Not necessary. Oh, it's definitely high variance. <laughs> yeah, but it's strong, and you can definitely get uh, you can get him to fold hands that would have called your bet, which is kind of cool. Like if he had ace jack. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Even ace eight is not going to like getting check raised at all. It's now not, it may call because it's Garrett, but it's not going to like it. That's right. I'm talking about the hand, not the player. The hand will not like getting check raised. Right. The hand playing itself. The hand is, you know, it has emotions. It does. It's, it's, it ain't the tin man, bro. That's good because I don't want to play against the tin man. Exactly. Yeah. He'll mess you up. Music is my sunlight, and all I need is one mic. And I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them so tired. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life, and I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne. I'm gonna be traveling the globe, we still have time to make it home.